because of the Kentucky Derby this weekend. I was going to say that, like, I should be shooting revolvers right now to make it really appropriate, like the bugle and then some revolver guns. We don't need no stinking badges. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) Happy Cinco de Mayo to the Noodleberg Daily Huddle. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a Thursday, to a Cinco de Mayo Thursday. And uh, glad to be here with you guys. Good morning. It is kind of fun knowing that there is festivity. There are festivities at the end of the day. Whatever you do, you're probably going to have a taco, a margarita, a shot. You know, like <laughs> we, we normally food. like we normally really like, you know, ruin people's taco Tuesdays, you know, because we tell you not to eat tacos at lunch because it's going to kill your productivity for the rest of the day. But there's some real excitement for like tacos to be eaten at some point today and tequila to be had because there's a purpose for it. It's not like I'm just doing it just to do it. There's a real reason behind it today. I believe uh, those places will be slammed. I know uh, Rocco's, uh, they do a big job on on today. Uh, Christian really gets it right. When you said the three amigos, <laughs> I was thinking of the three amigos for sure. It's like, uh, so Amanda asked, what's my favorite tequila? Um, that's a really good question. Um, my favorite tequila, I'm probably going to stay and stick to it is 1942. Interesting. It's a, it's a classic, you know, I'm going to go with a more utility tequila that could be good really at any time. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Terramana. Terramana. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go with Terramana. I'm going to, you could really just have that any kind of way. You could put it in a mixer. You could put it in a margarita. You could have it straight up. It's not overly expensive. So you're not like an asshole if you're with a certain group of people and you order it. So, like, you know, 42 celebratory. There's lots of really great uh, tequilas that I like to sip and enjoy. But if I had to just choose one that was going to be the only one that I could ever have, I'd probably go Terramana just because of the utility factor. So a couple of things. Uh, Mark Smith, we're also on YouTube. So, uh, you know, head on over there if for some reason LinkedIn is or hit refresh if it's not treating you well. Here's something very interesting for Amanda. So I had done a taste test where I put together uh, Terramana. I put together um, Sincoro, which is Michael Jordan's. And I forget what other one. And I lined them up one night and I told you I was doing it. And the following day, you asked me which one was the best. And I said, I got no idea. I was so fucked up after the second. <laughs> <laughs> I got no idea. So, um, you know, so Jake is surprised about Terramana too, because it wouldn't have been, wouldn't be my favorite. It's no. I like the fact that it's utilitarian. It's the least expensive. They could charge more and they don't. You know, Which so, I mean, speaks volumes to the way The Rock handles his businesses. He understands that he has a you know, range of fans and he creates products that fit everybody or tries to fit everybody. He doesn't market to the elite people within the group. He tries to be able to reach the masses of his audience. And obviously he's been really successful 
because Terramana is rapidly growing to become the fastest growing spirit in the history of alcohol. So Lori actually got, she doesn't know the name, but it's called Malagro. They do have beautiful bottles. For me, Gary, 1942 symbolizes uh, success. Like to me, that's the party. You know, so yeah. like if we, we do something great and we have done this, when we do something we want to celebrate, which we talk about in my book, celebrate the wins. <laughs> and we, we just want to find a reason to drink tequila. Like, let's be honest. So any reason for a celebration. But to me, if I make it to the end of Thursday, it's 1942. <laughs> <laughs> right. it's like, oh, we did a presentation? 1942. <laughs> now, think about it. And we didn't even plan on doing this. This is so off the cuff. Um Tequila is actually the one drink that is not a downer. A depressant. It's not a considered a depressant because of the agave. It's actually considered a, uh, not amphetamine, but whatever the upper is. So I know that uh, tequila um, basically is like liquid courage. It, it, it basically takes all of your inhibitions away. <laughs> so... Um, Guaranteed, so Guaranteed to make you have a good time. There is, there are two tequilas are great. Three tequilas is jail. You know? So I wouldn't suggest anybody to wake up with a tequila, but I would suggest for you to wake up with some Teddy Pendergrass. So let's go to some wake up music. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about Cinco de Mayo. Christian yeah. Castellano's comment is a funny, that is a banger. Like, you got me a, a migraine. put that up there. So agave, question mark, you gave me a migraine. <laughs> so it's interesting. It's interesting because, um, do you know the reason why you get a headache? Dehydration. It's dehydration. So, you know, if you, you didn't think I was going to know that. But <laughs> generally speaking, for every ounce of alcohol you're supposed to drink 16 ounces of water um i, I don't necessarily you know do that often enough yeah but, paula bird um, with the product placement fit water for a mixer to keep you hydrated is a hell of an idea the only problem with me with that is i'm not a, like i don't want sweet i don't right. i don't do margaritas i don't do all that stuff unless it's a jalapeno martini that does work for me just you mean margarita jalapeno margarita just throwing it out there <laughs> uh, the watermelon margarita is something that's enjoyable depending on where you go and where you get it from it's all about the mixer though like if the mixer is fresh and not out of a bottle it completely changes the experience of the margarita like if they're crushing the limes in the back and they're mixing yeah. it themselves it's an enjoyable experience as so, opposed to if they're pouring the mix out of the bottle the craft side of it i mean there's you know like i don't drink old fashions but i do like the craft of watching it done. I like a really watching a really good margarita be made for sure. Shout out to our friend Scott 
Oglesby, Scott uh, Hales from the, the Sistel group. He's and an old, old school brand, the Cabo who, Wabo tequila. And who started Cabo Wabo? Oh, uh, um, uh, Ted. Uh, nope. Um, nope. Who is it? Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar, right. I can't drive 55 when I'm drinking tequila. <laughs> that brand fell off. Uh, to me, Cabo Wabo, oh. as far as competitive tasting in tequila, was not the thing. So some fun facts about um, about Cinco de Mayo. Shay, do we have a Cinco de Mayo video that we can show everybody? We do. Wow. The funny one or the commercial? The first one. Okay. Living in this Southwest, Cinco de Mayo celebrations are bigger and better. Let's be honest, how many of you out there really know what the significance of today is? Uh, you know, I forget the significance of it. Um, I, maybe independence of the Mexican country? I absolutely have no idea. Just a random day out of the month. Uh, each year, it's another day for people to party. Um, I believe it is when Mexico got their independence. Uh, is that their Independence Day? It's some type of celebration that they want something, but. Hilarious. Most, I don't, and I would assume that nobody in the huddle can, without Googling it, can really tell me what Cinco de Mayo stands for. And most people think that it's Mexican independence. I would that. I would have. That would have been my last, uh, you know, do take your lifeline and is that your final answer? So yes, it's actually it. not. It's actually commemorates the winning of a battle in the Franco-Mexican War in 18. Look at Helen Quinn. Helen Quinn, who is. Oh, uh, the of the yeah, correct. <laughs> Give me a bang. Give me a bang. Yeah, yeah. Helen Quinn with a great answer. Pulls off three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good. Helen is a brand new client. Helen is devouring the material. So great to work with her. What a great story. You will see her on my podcast soon. But uh, Helen, way to, way to jump in and do it. Be making the name proud. So in 2005 is when, the Cong it was when Congress actually decided that Cinco de Mayo would be an American national holiday, although they didn't do a great job of educating why it was a national holiday, because most people just think of it as Mexican independence or a reason to drink tequila. But there have been some obviously some great uh, commercials. There's been some great, you know, publicity around the holiday and nobody does a better job than Corona. Show me Corona's original uh, Cinco de Mayo commercial. This year, Corona is celebrating Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de what? Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May. The Mexican holiday. It's a great time to party with the Corona 5-step, the Cinco de Corona. Sounds good. Uno, grab a Corona. Got it. Dos, pop the top. Like so. Trace, squeeze in a lime. Cuatro, enjoy. Like that step. And Cinco, repeat step uno. I get it. Celebrate Cinco de Mayo with the Cinco de Corona. Salute. I mean, you got to give credit to Corona. They're way out in front of how they market. I mean, now using Snoop Dogg and stuff like that. So, so not only have the, you know, the commercials obviously progressed since then, but there's also a sixth step to the, enjoying the Corona, which is making it a loaded Corona, which loaded you know, corona if you really want to party, give yourself a little topper of tequila on top of that Corona 
and enjoy it and let it go. <laughs> I saw a loaded Corona for the first time at like um, Senor Frogs. Right. Bahamas. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what the hell is that? And I was like, Oh, that could be good. That, yeah. that could be good. <laughs> so let's see. The Breakfast of Champions. I wanted to shout out my friend Andrew uh, Barislau. Uh, welcome, my friend. You just never know who's watching and uh, making comments. So thanks for being here. I love it. So let's uh, let's go to some morning motivational music. We'll kind of carry this buzz that we got going on. And there's no better time to prospect or reason to prospect than when you're feeling good. So we'll talk about some prospecting in the second half of the show. Buzzed prospecting. Cancel my day. I'm gonna listen to that song all day long. I'm going. To <laughs> so, in honor of Cinco de Mayo, bringing you some reggaeton for uh for the morning motivational music. Great job, Jake. We are off and flying today. <laughs> so now that we're feeling so great, bring up this prospecting con uh, con uh, conversation because LinkedIn, as they always do consistently puts out just tons of information, tons of content, tons of data. And they put out an email a few days ago that said the 10 sales prospecting tips either backed by data or used by the best. And I went through the 10 and I was like, well, like at least six of these are absolute trash, like garbage. absolute garbage. garbage, which is why, like who made LinkedIn the source they made themselves the source. That's the world we live in. You want to be a thought leader? Listen to what I say. Boom, yeah, I'm a thought so, leader. So some of them were good, and I think some of them kind of fit in line with what we talk about. But the first one that they talked about was show them who you are first. Prospects, and I like it when they get into the data about it, prospects are 87% more likely to accept your in-mail or don't ever send an in-mail and just in send a connection request. <laughs> So you could if you have a completed LinkedIn profile, wait, 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 let me finish, wait. That, thought. Let me finish okay. that thought. If you have a completed LinkedIn profile, prospects are 87% more likely to accept the in mail, right? Or connection request is what we would say. If you have that completed profile, I call that bullshit number one. So here's the paradigm I can send an email, cold email for free. I can pay LinkedIn sure. for an email that is, guess what? A cold email. That's all it is. 
It is the same thing repackaged. It shows no forethought. It shows no connectivity. There's no nothing. It's a cold email. So the point that I like about this first segment is that it says 80, they're 86% more like, or excuse me, they're um, 13% more likely to accept and visit your profile before accepting. So to me, when we talk about prospecting, we always talk about connecting with a message, right? Something that relates to that person that talks to that person, but that can't be the only thing you're relying on, on them accepting. This drives home the, uh, the whole robust strategy of using LinkedIn, which is having a completed profile, having a tagline that talks about who you are, not what you do, creating content on a daily basis. Because if I send that connection request to somebody that might not know me directly, but I've got a reason, I'm using mutual connections, I'm asking to be introduced, whatever it is, right? We can ask for the introduction for somebody, which they talk about in there is the number one way to get introduced to anybody, right? But if I ask for that introduction, that person still doesn't know me. Let's say Ann Gottwald. She just recently introduced me to somebody in her world. Ann introduces us through a message. Most likely, the first thing that person's going to do is click on my name at the top of that message. And it's going to take them to my page. And if my page is empty, right, and has absolutely nothing for them to learn, I've missed on the opportunity to educate that person about who I am the way they want to be educated. I might not get the opportunity to have that conversation first. That person may make a decision on me before actually getting to me. Why would I not give myself the best opportunity possible to build that relationship on their time? So one of the things that's so unique is that you get to control the narrative. You Correct. get to show them. And by the way, if someone doesn't happen to go to LinkedIn and they go to Google, the first thing that shows up on the list when they Google you is your LinkedIn profile. So when they land there, you got them. You have a chance to say, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is who I do it with. And this is why I do it. So recently, right, I've gotten three or four responses from people when I asked them, what made you want to connect? The response was, the energy in your video was absolutely magnetic. So I went through your profile and clicked because I wanted to be connected to somebody who had that energy. That's, I created a video for my profile that people get to decide right then and there on their time, not meeting me, not trying to coordinate schedules to figure it out. They decided they wanted to know me. Bang. Is there any other way? Because to me, I got to get their attention. Something got their attention, right? Converting that attention to a connection or to time together is the next step. And they're doing it at their own pace. They're doing it when they want to, how they want to. So now it's inbound to me to say, great, since you decided that you already think you like me, why don't we spend some more time together to figure out if we can help each other? And this happens naturally and it's inbound and it's completely different than the outbound strategy. So, you know, it's fascinating because I was, I sent out a couple of videos early this morning and one I sent through LinkedIn, two I sent through email, but I was thinking back to when I first taught you video and taught yeah. you prospecting and you were the only one there doing yeah. it. Yeah, every day I'd be in the office, I'd be in there 
Everybody would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm sending out my videos. Nobody else is doing it. Like, so we are, fast forward two and a half years, and still, still. very few people are doing it. I mean, I stand up in front of a room full of people and say, how many of you have received a quality approach, either through video or with a quality of message? Nobody. Yeah. And we were talking with Helen. I said, Helen, how many people have reached out to you yesterday, the day before, a week ago, a month ago with a video? Nobody. <laughs> I said, so like nobody. <laughs> so, but how many emails do you get? Bah, 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 bang, bang, bang. So, so many. Yeah. Everybody's going through the same channel. So like that to me is when we talk about prospecting, and I think it always has to go back to you have to define what success looks like first. And my belief is that success in prospecting can't be the end goal of revenue because there's way too many steps in between there in order to have success that if you define success of prospecting by end goal revenue, you're going to churn and burn way too many good relationships on the way to that. The success of prospecting has to be how many new opportunities were added to the pipeline in 30 days, in two weeks, in 60 days, in 90 days, whatever your metric of success or your timetable of success is going to be, because how long could it take for that opportunity once it enters the pipeline to actually close and become revenue? Everybody's different. Everybody's buying at a different pace. Everybody has different intent when they get involved with you. But if you're prospecting the right way, you're connecting the right way and adding opportunity consistently, that should be the driver of success in prospecting and not the end goal of sales. So, so spot on. Um, I'll continue the dialogue tomorrow because uh, LinkedIn just published 37 facts about LinkedIn, which are great facts. I was planning on doing that tomorrow. I actually brought two new CEOs into my world. I will show you the steps of how I brought them in. I didn't bring them in to sell them. I brought, right. brought them in to have a conversation with them. And in the beginning of when this thing really started to get traction for me, people would ask me, how do you measure it? You know, I know that someone made a hundred dials or they did this or they, you know, knocked on 50 doors, which can you imagine knocking on 50 doors, man? I'd rather <laughs> just jump off the bridge. What a demeaning way to live your life. But um, so we came up with the metric C to C. How many connections are you turning into conversations? Pretty yep. simple. It's pretty simple. You know, the more conversations you have, the more there will be people who raise their hand to say, you know what? Love your energy, love your style, need the help, got a problem. Yeah. Someone doesn't have a problem. If you are not solving their problem, you are not selling them. They are not a prospect. <laughs> get used to it. I don't get it, man. Not everybody is a prospect. Not everybody is a prospect the day you want to sell them something. Correct. Listen, if you said, hey, listen, I'm hungry. I'm going to go build a garden. Well, the garden's not going to produce the, the, the fruits of your labor right then and there. Tomorrow. <laughs> Got to go through the season. So I love that we went into this dialogue. It'll take us into Friday. The rest of this list is like bullshit. Rack up referrals. <laughs> you got to do business first. <laughs> like, hey, we haven't done business, but can you refer me somebody? You know, like.
And what was really interesting to me about the other 10, and I'm happy to share the list with somebody. You can obviously Google it and find it through LinkedIn. But they really talked more about the selling process, which is different than the prospecting process. To me, prospecting is about getting people's attention, getting time with them, and setting the foundation of the relationship. Once you've done that, then you've earned the right to figure out if they have the problem that you can solve, which is then selling. So I think as a sales community and a sales leadership, we've got to do a better job of separating what's the goal of prospecting, then what's the goal of selling and, and coaching people that way and training people that way in order to be better as professionals. So you know what? You would probably be very good at this. You should probably <laughs> consider a career in coaching because you probably, you know, I think you have the skill sets to do that. So Please. Maybe I'll take it. Maybe I'll try. <laughs> you know what? Maybe even put it in a book. Maybe. Uh... <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Fantastic Thursday. Happy Cinco de Mayo to everybody. Grab a grab a uh, a Corona. Grab a shot of tequila. Enjoy your day. So I'll leave you with this. You want a great way to prospect? Invite your prospect to this in the morning. Hey, go. I'm going to this event at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Join me. Then let's have coffee afterwards and talk about it. Bingo. <laughs> Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. My friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. I'll give you one more night, one more night to get this.